Hey everyone, Steven Schinder, host of Delayed Replay. Uh, this is part two of the very long Star Wars Celebration 2020 episode that I had to divide because of file limits. Uh, so I'd say go ahead and listen to part one first and then come to this one. Also, there are like tiny bits in the discussion with Mark from the Hitman's Life's Bodyguard episode, just in case you hear familiar stuff, you know, that's what's going on. All right, and without further delay, enjoy part two. Hello there. General Kenobi! (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that's the first time someone's actually given me the proper response. (laughs) I usually do that all the time, and no one asked me the General Kenobi. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, on Clone Wars, uh, the 2008 show, like, it's kind of cringeworthy hearing Grievous say hello there, but, like, thankfully, comics have shown that Obi-Wan has said hello there before that show, so it's not like he got it from Grievous. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Talking with the champion of the multiverse from Star Wars Report and Star Wars Beyond the Films, it is Mark Herleman. Hey, hey, how is everybody doing? Glad to be here. Yeah, man. I mean, Celebration was everything I was hoping it would be, just minus half the actors. <laughs> like the one people I really wanted to see just weren't there. I was like, come on, Harrison, show up to these things, man. It's, you know, you can't just show up when you want to. The fans have a demand. Uh, but, you know, anytime you go to Celebration, though, it, it's, as I always say, it's the, the pilgrimage of fandom. Uh, you know, I, I recommend everybody go and do it at least once in their lifetime. Uh, and if you're starting to feel d- down and blue about things, go and do it more than once. But to get around that many fans enjoying what they love the most, which is arguing about if Han shot first or not, <laughs> it's it's fun. I mean, you know, it, granted, there's one or two people that absolutely hate the fact that we're still debating that. But you either get on board or you're the person in the corner that's really upset. And I feel bad for the five of them that were there. Giving us the stink eye. Uh, but, you know, we invited him to go see the movie with us. The hitman's wife's bodyguard. And then they did come along, which was nice because, you know, kumbaya, we had our moment, even though it wasn't around Star Wars. But I think getting to go, you know, do those type of things in the venue down there in Anaheim and having Disneyland right there, getting to go to Batu. I mean, yeah, I had to pretend like I, I, you know, went to a really weird planet that had locomotion and stuff and that I couldn't sit on a speeder. But it was all in universe for me. got celebration the focus was more on like it wasn't as much on the films this time around it was like on the tv side things and high republic and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. at the mandalorian season two panel they even dropped the trailer like what was your reaction when you saw that trailer oh man you know it's almost like every type of celebration trailer that drops you know as soon as it goes black screen you see lucasfilm everybody just gets quiet yes which which is great because you know usually you can't shut star wars fans up so to have that moment where you're like wow dude everybody's like and and then you you hear it you know you're like oh my god here we go and they had the whole sarlacc pit and you had your boba fett's little spur sound and like what's going on and then it's like i'm never gonna give you up i'm like what and then they showed the real trailer for a whole three (laughs) minutes i was trolled hard dude i was trolled so hard i didn't even realize but then when they actually show us and we get to see all the, the excitement and stuff you get to see uh uh the ship coming in all beat up and broken like that was an exciting moment and the fact that they told everyone else that they were gonna have to wait until september to get to see it when it gets to drop on the internet yeah it's like <laughs> i like I, I'd, I'd be able to tell you guys all about this but nda sorry can't do it <laughs> yeah like some 
bootlegged versions made their way online, I bet. Kind of like when there was that Mandalorian footage at that other celebration and they didn't want to release that right away, which is Mm kind of weird. But yeah, I really liked that trailer that they showed. And I was surprised that like, because I don't know, there have been rumors of certain characters coming back, like familiar ones. And so Mm -hmm. like I've had mixed feelings about that because I worry about them like taking the spotlight. So I don't know if mm-hmm. this trailer is like giving me hope that like maybe some of those are just rumors or if they're just like trying to keep people surprised, even though the rumors are around, you know? I think if the rumors are true, I think the reason why we got the trailer that we got when we got it was they don't want to take the focus away from that. I think that they know that when these characters, if they show up, it's going to be such a big splash that they don't really need to be advertising any more than they already have. So you can focus on what you expect. I mean, because even if they do drop one of them in, I mean, think about Bill Burr's character in season one, right? Like they weren't like, oh, Bill Burr's going to be in it. It was just like, no, here's here's Bill Burry's in this episode. And I think that that's what we're going to get with those characters. I think that if we get anything with them, the big payoff's not going to be this season. Uh, it'll probably be next season or the season after that. I have a feeling like if they show up, it's going to be kind of like a here and there kind of thing. Kind of like how Lando Calrissian showed up in Rebels, you know? Oh, I, I really feel like Lando did not need to be in Rebels. <laughs> True. He did not need to be. But the way they did it worked to a degree. I think, too, the idea that celebration was more focused on the tv shows and stuff i think that was a marketing backfire right because all the way up until we get to rise of skywalker they were like the complete saga the complete saga get the complete saga and every time you'd open it you're like okay well i've got every episode up until eight where's nine Oh, that's right. Yeah. It hasn't come out yet. So, I mean, they, they marketed the heck out of us. So now we're all gunshot. We're like, the complete saga. Yeah, you, you you got me on that once before, man. I don't know. Like, and now they're sitting there, they're saying it over and over until they're blue in the face, but we just don't buy it because we bought the last one. <laughs> right. And I mean, who's to stop them from doing like episode 10 eventually? Like, like, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast, but I think it'd be hilarious if when they do return to doing episode movies that they start with 13, 14, and 15 and then go back to like 10, 11, and 12. <laughs> that, would, that would be cool. Especially if they wait to do 10, 11, and 12. Like, like, like go 13 through 14 and they go like all the way to 25 and then yeah. come back and tell those three stories. <laughs> You've waited long enough for episode nine. You're going to wait twice as long for episode 11. (laughs) (laughs) Just skip to episode 11 and then 12 and then come back to 10. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be fun. Uh, Which is, you know, I mean, that's the heart of any celebration, though, is fun. And I I think that once again, the people that put it on, they definitely knew what they were doing. Uh, The cue lines worked well. I only heard people that didn't know how to run a phone complaining. So that was, that's kind of like, you know, you look over there and you see the person and you're like, yeah, he's not going to figure out how to use his phone. And you just watch him get frustrated. And then you kind of like, I probably shouldn't be snickering out loud. It's kind of (laughs) rude. Yeah. There's like some good energy at this celebration. And I mean, like they officially announced the bad batch series, which like some people thought could happen, but it got officially confirmed at celebration. So like, Mm-hmm. like what are your thoughts on that show like what do you I, expect i was surprised because i was one that when they put out the read uh the refinished i should say uh bad batch episodes 
I was saying back when Echo was with them and stuff that how cool it would be to kind of have a, a you know a, a spinoff on them. So that to hear that that's what they're going, I was just like, you know, it's not, it's rare, my man, that that I get fan service. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like. Okay, um, but I'm excited because I like the idea that they're going back to Order sixty six. That we're going to see at least that's the impression that they've given me is that we're going to get to see it from another clone unit's perspective. But the most exciting aspect of it is like, how is this going to go down? You know, I mean, uh, are are the bad batch clones chipped? Like, I don't think we 100% know that about them or not. Uh, did Rex put out word to, to some of his favorite clones? I mean, we know that Gregor and Wolf had their chips removed. Did he come for Echo? Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that I have. And every time I have questions on a show when we go in, that's a good thing. Because like... You know, some people that they, they get too many perceptions. I try to stay wide open and it's just like all the questions just add possibility and there's a lot of room here to wiggle. So, I mean, I think that it's one of those that it's going to be really hard to screw it up. And yet at the same time with Star Wars fans, no matter what they do, it's going to be a screw up to somebody. So, I mean, I, I think that as long as they know that going in, it's just going to be a win-win. Right. Yeah, when I watched the Bad Batch episodes, I thought the action was pretty cool, but like out of the Bad Batch members, I felt like Echo had the most depth, whereas the other Bad Batch members were, like they didn't have as much of characterization, but I feel like this new show could be a chance to like explore them on a deeper level. And right, like I would also like really love if somehow they bring the Republic commandos into the show as well. Cause like they have that like random cameo in the Clone Wars, which feels out of place. If people are like unaware of like the Republic commando video game, the books or whatever. Right. Right. Cause it was Delta. That was the best part. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, you know, when we see the bad batch and the, the non-completed episode, and then when they go back and they finally finish it, you're kind of just getting basic stereotypes, right? And yeah. when you're doing a show about them, I think that there's an opportunity to really kind of flesh out the characters. Um, but it comes down to where they want to take the characters, really. I mean, you know, depending on where they want to go with the plot is really going to determine and factor in how much time you give to develop any one or three characters out of the group versus exploring the group as a dynamic. I mean, there's, there's a part of me that sees them kind of coming at it like in an A-team aspect, you know, like I, and the, and those memes are, are perfect. Like I kind of hope that that's the direction they come at it with. There's a part of me that wants to see these guys break away from the empire. And then there's a part of me that wants to see them being like the kill squad. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe like they could be divided and they'll like, be at odds with each other that could be interesting oh that would be fun like how cool would it be for half the squad to have to hunt down the other half right. especially if like that progresses throughout the show like maybe they all start out hunting down people and you know some of the the clones are, are paying attention to what's going on and echo starts talking about information he has with rex and then like they get into a big old fight and now you got like split lines it's a civil war amongst the clones like oh it could be kind of, it be fun that can be fun. Like, people have been comparing the Bad Batch to, like, the Ninja Turtles, and so, like, I'm hoping mm -hmm. that it could be something in the vein of, like, the 2003 series, which I really love. And I know you're, like, a huge Ninja Turtles fan, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. I mean, I, there's just so many angles you could go with that. I mean, especially if if you have uh, Hunter kind of take on more of a Splinter kind of role or Splinter slash Leonardo style. Oh, or man. maybe one of them could be like Casey Jones. Ooh, yeah. I I could see the I could see Tech kind of lean in that direction, even though Tech kind of has the Domatello angle. But then again, I mean, with this bad batch, you could just do an amalgam of them where you get just like certain character traits of each character played through with different ones where, you know, maybe there's an aspect of Donatello that two of the characters do because the Star Trek or Star Trek, Star Wars technology is <laughs> so different. You know, I mean, it's when you, you know, I was recording with Jim this weekend and we were going back tales of the Jedi and you talk about the fact that you've got all these spaceships and stuff and you got all this great technology and yet the people are still living in, rock stone temples and they're lighting everything with torches (laughs) you know there's just so so much room there that you can play with and and have certain people being you know really equipped with certain types of technology and then you go to another world where everything's different and then you know now it's it's character b's time to shine you know where, where all of a sudden tech's like well this isn't really tech like i can't this is this is a live animal how do you expect me to use that and then all of a sudden you know hunter's like this is how you do it (laughs) the bad batch panel was really cool because like at first we all thought oh it's just a panel celebrating like they're talking about the development of the bad batch characters and then bringing them from the story reels to like the final season and then in the last five minutes of the panel they're (laughs) like oh yeah there's gonna be a bad batch series and basically mic drop (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the part about that that i love so much and and it was almost the same with when they did the seven eight nine kind of thing when we saw the 501st members walk out in the full bad batch rick i mean it's like how in the hell do they have those statistics already that they could get it that good i'm just like yeah what like oh my jealousy meter was tilt as soon as i saw hunter walk out on the stage not even talking about crosshair who was equally cool looking (laughs) yeah also like while we were talking i had this random thought of like what if Echo and Tech get merged into like one person called Techo, kind of like the two big situation <laughs> in Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> that would be Poor wild. Echo. <laughs> Echo just never gets a break. <laughs> uh, he's like, and I thought the voices in the droid computer system were bad. <laughs> That's such a wild Voyager episode, and people still debate it to this day. But anyway. <laughs> Um, like, were there any cool cosplays that caught your eye at Celebration? Oh, man. The Ganner's Last Stand was cool. Just because of the amount of paper mache that that guy was wearing to have the entire horde of the using yeah. bong around him and the whole arch and to have his hands held up in that post. Like, I mean, he nailed that comic panel perfect, but to be able to hold that all day like that was pretty dang impressive. Yeah, that was I, dedication. That- yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, that guy had a line of people just waiting to take photos with him. And I felt bad, too, because, like, the little kids, they didn't realize what was going on, and they were trying to get into the horde of things. And so here he is, like, he's got this massive, like, almost 200-pound paper mache on him, and then this little five-year-old gets on there, and you're just like, well, there's an extra 14 pounds to 40 pounds. Like, you know, and it wouldn't be too bad except for that thing was so massive. It hurt just to watch. Like I kept thinking, why wouldn't you put canisters underneath that? Like <laughs> it had to have been for the floor and stuff, but could you imagine trying to get to the second floor? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be uh, quite a challenge. The, uh, the other one was uh, Luke Skywalker in the uh, Bacta tank. 
that guy, I mean, it was small. It wasn't on the scale of the guy that did the uh, Ganner's Last Stand. But I think that that made it even cooler because it almost looked like it was Luke Skywalker stuck in a popsicle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I get what you got there. I get it. And yeah, like the kids were at Celebration too, and they had a good time. Like there was even like a Jedi Temple Challenge simulation type of thing where they were going through like the course. I was in those YouTube videos or like something that looks like the course, and they were like having a lot of fun. And they also had one for the adults to try out, which was, it was fun. The the training remote on that one was irritating because, I mean, you get over there and they give you this really cool looking mask, look just like Leia's from the little scene flashback in uh, Rise of Skywalker. But that dang thing was so small and they used it like a pinata. Like if you were, if you didn't have the mask on, you, you know, it looked like, OK, there it is. But with that, I mean, with the lightsaber, I mean, let's be let's be real here. If you give me a baseball bat, I probably would have cracked that thing out of the park. But we're talking something smaller than a hardball. With a lightsaber blindfolded. I don't have Jedi skills, clearly. But I mean, that was probably the most frustrating thing because I just want to get in there, hit it real hard, get that little buzz light thing that they did and get the little cool little spoon lightsaber thing that they used to have in the Kellogg's things. I have all but the green one. I was really looking forward to getting it. And my son got it and he won't give it to me, little punk. I'm still <laughs> angry about it. <laughs> so if you're playing Fortnite, Illogical Rogue 2, shoot for the head. That's him. <laughs> also what did you think of the thrawn panel where they had timothy zahn dave filoni and lars mickelson on the stage oh man i so i'm a big fan of thrawn um i'm equally frustrated with zahn you know i mean I, everything that they got coming out has been good but i kind of want to see someone else write thrawn i you know i mean the last few books that I, i've been reading i feel like the character himself has been kind of stale it, it's it, it's got all the trappings of thrawn and yet I feel like they're circling around trying to do something really cool with him. But I feel like they haven't really put the throttle down. You know, like Thrawn's always been Sherlock, but now they've introduced this aspect that like, well, when it comes to politics, that's his Achilles, his Achilles tendon. He is not good at politics. And I keep wondering, like, is there a reason for that? And, you know, Zahn was getting into it and he was talking about it, but there were times where I was starting to lose faith. And I was just like, man, I don't know if he's got a game plan here. <laughs> so I, I gotta give myself you know that that reminder like zon can do no wrong especially when it comes to throne but I'm, I'm excited to see the character show up in more media I mean, they were hinting about it and i felt like that hint was like okay they're hinting for a reason and i immediately went to mandalorian <laughs> but but i was like well maybe what if they don't what what if there is that rumor about there being you know an ezra thrawn series and i'm like you know if they were to do something like that and if they were to pick up from where we left off in rebels especially right where you know when they left we know that there was a time gap before ahsoka and sabine go we're gonna go find him now right we don't know how long that is so i'm like well if they picked right up after the moment they jump and we do a, a, a Thrawn and Ezra buddy kind of cop show, you know, where it's all about them surviving and they have to, you know, lean on each other kind of thing. And then by the time that Ahsoka and Sabine get there, that these two are like, you know, brothers from another mother. Like, I, I think that that would be kind of an interesting twist on that dynamic. And then if you brought him into Mandalorian after you have had their buddy cop show, I think that'd be cool. But I, I definitely felt like, there's more going to happen with Thrawn than what we're getting. Because, like, you know, the books and stuff right now, we're going into the past. We're, we're stepping away from his future. 
his current story. So I kind of feel like that there's a there's a push there that we're going to be getting something at some point because I I feel like Thrawn is kind of like the olive branch for EU fans. You know, it's like, well, we know you're never going to get Mara Jade, but we got Thrawn. So I feel like like you know like if they don't do something in that guys that the EU fans are just going to be like, yeah, you did Thrawn, but you just you just did Thrawn light. <laughs> <laughs> well, personally, I think Thrawn has been more interesting in these last few books, like as a character, especially with like the motivations that we learn. But I think that the original Thrawn trilogy was overall a better story than the recent Thrawn trilogy. But Mm -hmm. I do think there is potential with the Ascendancy trilogy to like expand the universe even more. And Mm -hmm. also like when you were describing that Ezra and Thrawn dynamic, I couldn't help but imagine it, becoming something like the grand admiral's bodyguard or something (laughs) oh oh dude no that is oh you just yeah you just took my mind to a whole new level how cool would that be (laughs) to find that ezra's like totally just whatever thrawn says ezra will do it because while they were out surviving a he's come to appreciate Thrawn's smarts and b he's come to respect him overall like oh that'd be so cool it almost come across like he's been brainwashed but you have to find out like through flashbacks and stuff that no it's just like a deep budding mutual respect (laughs) well i mean thrawn has a cool voice so it's not too far-fetched to believe at least in my opinion right right oh man yeah no that was a fun panel and every time feloni comes in out of nowhere and you're just like what's feloni doing here (laughs) <laughs> like, like I mean, I was I was just sitting there the whole time. Like, what is he gonna do? What is he gonna is he gonna drop some some really cool knowledge on us and stuff? And then he drops the clawcraft. And for me, aside from having Thrawn show up in canon, having a clawcraft finally make its debut in canon, I'm like, now here's an X wing I can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other like celebration memories or like Galaxy's Edge memories you want to like throw out? Uh, I mean, I could go on and on about Galaxy's Edge just because that was fun experience. But I would say for a celebration, probably the coolest thing next to the guy that was dressed up as Ganerisode because of photo opportunity aspects. I mean, just all around that was cool. Uh, was the Lego cantina that they had set up life size with the dead Greedo laying across the chair. That was the, I got a couple where I was throwing a coin to the bartender as I was walking away from the table. One where I was like blowing off the fake smoke on my gun. Like that was just cool. Just in general. Like I wish they would have told us that was going to be there though. Cause I would have brought a Lego robe just to really get in character. Oh yeah. That would have been so cool. <laughs> So once again, thanks, Mark, for being on this episode with me. Where can people find your stuff? Well, you can find it all at www.starwarsreport.com. I've got, uh, I'm on the Star Wars Report podcast there on our podcast network, as well as Beyond the Films. Um, I used to host that with Nathan P. Butler, but he recently retired after 18 years podcasting. Uh, and then uh, Jim Lahine stepped in, another timeliner extraordinaire. So he, he and I have been uh, gone back to legends, as it were for a little bit getting some legend stuff going um and then you can see me out there on the internet as illogical rogue 2 although if you see me on playstation 4 it's probably my son he's tried to he's tried to officially steal it but i'm like dude no i've been illogical rogue 2 for longer than you've been alive <laughs> so yeah that's me out there except for on the playstation 4 that's probably my son playing my account because honestly i don't play much online stuff because i'm not good at it anymore <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, if it's any consolation, I'd probably be bad at it since I don't game as much as I used right. to. Right. It's it's sad when, you know, I remember playing uh, N64, you know, and, and playing the games on that system and stuff. And then being really good at uh, Battlefront on Xbox to the point where, like, none of my friends would want to play against me. And now on this system, I'm like, I'm dead so fast. I'm just like, what? <laughs> my son's got his sensitivity jacked all the way up. And I'm just like, he's spinning around and I'm ready to vomit. And I don't even see the shots he's taking. He's just like shooting. And then all of a sudden, headshot, headshot. I'm just like, what in the? And then he does this thing called no scoping. And I'm like, that's just, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I was really good at the original Battlefront 2 uh, to the point where like whenever me and my brother would like, pick up the game to play again like years later we would like just it would just take us minutes to just break back into like how good we were at that game but then playing like the newer ones it's like oh shoot how do i do this it's just like an entirely different world without further delay on to the next person all right and for this particular segment or session or whatever you want to call it i'm haven't decided um i have chris sequel from the star wars underworld podcast hey steven i'm glad to be on yeah great to have you on we were both at celebration last month and it's kind of funny like it started or like some of it was like on your birthday and like yes (laughs) and like before then the first time we talked in person was on my birthday in 2016 when we were at that Ahsoka book Oh, I didn't know. I, I totally forgot that that was your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so like this second time that we saw each other in person being on your birthday, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> yes, that's really funny. Full circle. Yeah, so overall, like what were some of your like celebration 2020 memories? Like how's boothing and everything? And it, it was awesome. I it, it gets better every year because every year we can do more at the booth. Last celebration, we uh, gave out a ton of pins and trading cards. So uh, this year it was better to do more like panels and events and things with people and um it was great because this is the first year that we finally put a tv at the booth because that's something that we've been trying to do and every year we don't do it and it just it never happens so finally we were able to have the tv there to uh show like slideshows and clips and play the star wars movies in the background and stuff so that that was really cool. One of the times that I stopped by, it was like the Rathtar scene from Force Awakens was on <laughs> the screen. <laughs> nice. It's like such a weird scene, like even thinking about it now, but it's kind of funny, like just walking by and seeing that scene, like out of context, out of place or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, it draws people in. People will stop to to look at it and then they'll notice our big sign in the background the big banner that says star wars underworld um it was nice to get a new banner too because we've been using the same banner for several celebrations and it was getting really beat up and it also was really out of date because it had like pinterest on it and like (laughs) all these like weird things so it was it was good to have like a new banner with like all of our um podcast logos um for like radio razor crest and clone strikes back and stuff on it like that that was cool 
So um, I'm glad we we did that. So um, and it was just great talking to everybody. We so it's it's you'd think we would have met everybody by now going to several celebrations, but there's still people going for the first time that we hadn't met. So um, that was cool. I remember seeing like a couple people at least coming up to you guys and being like, "Whoa, we've been listening to you for like three years or yeah. however long it was," and they just seemed so starstruck. <laughs> yeah, that's always really weird. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't really think of yourself as like a celebrity because like, you know, like in everyday life, people have no idea who you are if you're a podcaster because like they don't know your face. And like most podcasts are really niche with like not a lot of not a giant audience. So it's really weird going to like conventions that are for niche things like Star Wars and then actually running into people that do know who you are. Like, it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> So which of the hosts would be the star in the phrase Star Wars Underworld? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Ben's been with us the longest. So he's like the like nostalgic favorite. And then Dominic's the one that probably is the most expressive. So people like... um you know, they, they, they enjoy meeting him because of his personality. And then I'm probably the most controversial one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably the one that people get <laughs> disagree with the most. <laughs> so I mean, uh, the Star Wars could be could refer to the debates that you guys yes. sometimes have. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's great because, um, you know, we, we always figure like or our audience, they're going to have different opinions. So let's try to voice different sides of things and it just helps that naturally with the three of us being different people we end up having different opinions but usually usually dominic and me are like on the opposite sides and then yeah. ben half, he half agrees <laughs> with both of us that's usually what ends up happening yeah like sometimes it's it's like you and dominic debating something and i imagine ben is like just sitting back eating popcorn just yep. <laughs> chiming in like whenever that's what happens. he gets a chance every once in a while it's very entertaining <laughs> not gonna yeah. lie no, it's fun. That's why we do it. And that's why we love doing it every week. And that's why we love doing it live at conventions. It's great. Yeah, I was very glad that Dom brought Percy the puffer pig for this yes. celebration. There are so many good photos with people and that. It was great. Yeah. So I understand that you had an autograph story you wanted to tell. I am so excited. I've been waiting for this. I've been going to celebration for for many years. My first celebration was back in 2012, so eight years ago. And so I've been to several. The one person, if I if I could choose like one person in Star Wars that I would want to meet and get an autograph from, it would be Natalie Portman. So I was really unhappy about that. Natalie Portman was not at any of the conventions that I went to and didn't do any autographs. So this year. When I found out that Natalie Portman was going to be there and was going to do an autograph, I decided, all right, I, I don't spend money on autographs very often. I, I only have a few, but this is this is the one that I have to do. This is the person I, I have to meet because um, like, I just grew up with this mad crush on Natalie Portman. And then I, as an adult, I appreciate her acting so much. And I love so many movies that she's in that she's brilliant. And I mean, like Black Swan is incredible Oscar winning role so um getting to meet her and get her to autograph and take a photo um with her it was definitely like a, a, a huge highlight you were also at the mandalorian panel like what was your reaction to the trailer when it dropped i was okay 
So obviously what we were expecting is for the trailer to reveal Ahsoka. That was the hype. That was the buzz. That was what everybody was saying on the convention floor before the panel was this is it. We're going to we're going to see Ahsoka in live action for the first time. They're going to reveal her. That's what this is going to be. So when we went and and did the panel and then there was no Ashley Eckstein at the panel um, and no Rosario Dawson either. Nobody involved with Ahsoka, but either allegedly or that we know for sure was at this this panel. It was like, okay, that's a little weird. Maybe they'll come out after. Maybe it's a big reveal. But then they show the trailer, and there's no Ahsoka in the trailer. <laughs> and we're just like, well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, there was no like, there was no like punch to it. There, like, usually at celebration, there's some big reveal kind of at the end of something. Like there was the reveal of Palpatine at the end of the uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer. That was huge. Um, and then you had Ian McDermott coming out on stage. So like, I was expecting that type of moment with like rosario or ashley or somebody involved with ahsoka um and it didn't happen so i thought the whole thing was a little for celebration it was a little bit underwhelming like if they'd shown that trailer on like monday night football it would have been cool um because those trailers are kind of more for a general audience but like for something that's coming out for the fans specifically you gotta have something in there like fan centric and so like to have like no Tamora Morrison, Boba Fett, you know, no clear Sabine, although there's 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 speculation about Sasha Banks's character, whether or not she she is Sabine or not. But there was no confirmation of that. So, yeah, I thought it was kind of underwhelming for a celebration. Yeah, I mean, there were like familiar elements like the Gamorians and like mm-hmm. that ring which looked really cool and of course everyone loves a child that you know when he presses the button to like shield himself like that's very jiffable that was awesome memorable. yeah but um yeah like for a while I've been expecting like like okay so I've been like kind of against seeing like too many familiar characters in season two mm-hmm. but I-, I was expecting that like if Ahsoka and maybe Rex characters like that are in this and they'll appear in the trailer in like a Chewie were home type of moment. Yeah. And, and like we even had like that Rebel season two trailer a while back where she appeared and Rex mm-hmm. and the clones appeared. So yeah, I, I get I get your viewpoint. Like for a celebration trailer, I can see how it's underwhelming. Whereas if it were released like anywhere else like it would be a nice like mysterious teaser just i don't know yeah no no i agree that 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 kind of that kind of surprised me that there there wasn't there wasn't that 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 punch there um so i don't know it's still it's still cool i'm still excited for the season um i just yeah (laughs) it's like i gotta see more especially i wish i had seen more there it would have created more buzz and hype i think yeah, I mean, people are speculating that the Ice Planet might be Ilum. So I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of people are going back and forth on that because it's like we have this whole timeline of the Empire kind of occupying and taking over Ilum, and then you yeah. know this thing with Skywalker or a Star Killer base. Um, Skywalker so, Ranch. Skywalker Ranch. No, Star <laughs> Star Star Killer. The old version of Skywalker, um, Starkiller yeah. Base. Um, so um, there's that. So like, it, it, it's really kind of this. Yeah, it's like no one's exactly sure. But like, I'm thinking like, you know, you have this whole thing where that you know they say in the trailer that um, they they need to return the child to the 
the the the the Jedi, the the enemy sorcerers, and so there's this whole Force element to it. So we know that Ilum is a planet that's very strong in the Force. You've got the Kyber crystals there, even if the Empire is in the middle of dismantling it and strip mining it. Like it still might be a place where there could be some encounters with the Force or or Jedi, or might be necessary to go to on like the Jedi journey. So, um, uh, just like kind of in Fallen Order, where even though the Empire was still there, you still had to go there. So, um, yeah, I, I still think it's very possible that it's Ilum, even with the the fact that it's not the same situation that you'd have, say, back in the Clone Wars with the with with the young Jedi and everything. Yeah, I guess we'll see if we get more familiar locations other than Tatooine. Like, I I think mm-hmm. it's pretty much guaranteed that that's tan. Tatooine with uh, Tuscan and it's got to be yeah. There's they wouldn't have shown that if it was another planet. Like that's definitely Tatooine, which is interesting because there's all these rumors that Boba Fett might be in this season, and we kind of there's this kind of like clue, like this little hint that they gave us last season with the little sp- spur sounds of the character that walked up at the end of that episode on Tatooine, and so like there was speculation that would that that was Boba Fett. And so we go back to Tatooine again in season two, knowing that there's these this speculation about Boba Fett being in season two. It, it really kind of hints again that okay, this is what's going to happen. Um, and then also with um, familiar places, I'm wondering about that city planet with like the buildings on it. I'm wondering if that's Corellia. Yeah, like me and some other people have been wondering that too. Yeah. So, because again, Corellia doesn't have anything about it that's very specific that you can kind of point to and be like, that's Corellia. It could be really just anywhere. It's very generic looking because it's just kind of an industrial planet. Um, it's a very just boring atmosphere. But, and then the other thing that was interesting was the planet with all the corn on it where um, Sasha Banks shows up. Um, there's speculation that that might be uh, Mon Calamari, which is interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool to see in live action. Um, yeah. So kind yeah, surprising it, we haven't. Yeah, like I mean, when you think of the role that like the Quarren and the Mon Calamari have played in these different conflicts, it is very surprising. Um, but mm-hmm. so yeah, it'd be very cool to see those in live action, especially after like seeing that planet and like get a lot of exploration in the Clone Wars and some of the comics that have come out since then that tie into the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. I just thought, I'm just like, why was there no Ahsoka? Why was there no clear this is Sabine? Why was there no Boba Fett? Why was there no Rex? Like, where what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, even if there are familiar characters in this, like even if like Cobb Vanth and characters like that, I, I think this teaser, even if it was underwhelming, kind of gives me hope that they know that the focus should be on the characters exclusive to the show rather than like relying too much on like cameo appearances. So that gives yeah. me a bit of hope in that regard. Yeah, um, it, it 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 does it it does a lot. Um, but yeah, d- decent panel, but. I, I really just, I just, I'm just excited for the season. Got to, got to see the, <laughs> got to see the season. Got to see the actual stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens this coming season. 
you were also at the Ewok Adventures movie panel, and like they did like a really nice tribute for Wilford Brimley. Uh, may he rest in peace. But yeah. overall, what what did you think of that panel? Well, I am super excited about the announcement there that the Ewok movies are coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, like that's something you know that we because because you know Disney Plus has done a good job putting up some some like documentaries and like obviously like the new content has been good and they have all the Lego stuff up, which is great. But like that big thing that they were missing is like all like the really old kids content from like the seventies and eighties, like, you know, the holiday special, the, the droids cartoon and Ewok movies. So I'm, I'm really excited. And the Ewoks cartoon as well. And the Ewoks cartoon as well. I always forget about that one. (laughs) I I haven't even seen all of that. Um, But um, yeah, so there's that too. So, um, it was great that I think the fact that they're putting the Ewok movies on, um, you know, Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor on Disney Plus um, later this year. I think that that is a good sign that we might get to see some of that other stuff, too. And then maybe we might even eventually get to see Star Wars Detours, maybe. So that's that's really exciting. I'm glad because those are those are not bad movies. Like, they're really not. Like I've I, I watched them recently. Like they're again, like they're 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 okay. Like they're not like as good as the Star Wars films because they're kind of like kiddie movies. But like they're good. They're good stories. Like they're 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 really good. I actually watched them for the first time about a year ago. Well, mm. almost a year ago, and it's kind of weird because like i remember at some point as a kid renting caravan of courage but then i Mm. didn't watch it in time before the rental due date was up but i finally like rented them on like amazon and i felt like the first one caravan of courage dragged like the pacing didn't work for me and then battle for endor was kind of better like the pacing was better and it got dark really fast in the beginning with like what happens with mace tawani who yeah by the way the actor who played him showed some like really nice photos from like the sets when they were like filming these movies which was really cool. yeah that's um eric eric walker yeah 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 he's really cool yeah like and they had like a couple other actors from those movies as well like kevin thompson who mm-hmm. played chucka truck was there too he was cool yep 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 he was there but yeah, I agree that like they're not as good as any of like the other Star Wars movies. Um, but you know they have their place. Like there are people who latch on to them, and it's it was kind of fun seeing like the blurgs in one of those movies, and how like the like seeing the stop motion and how not as yeah. fluid it was back then, which is pretty funny. Yeah, well, that almost makes it. Star Wars, just like how like the adats like have their signature motion from stop motion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, oh, we we got to talk about the the Kenobi panel. Oh, we gotta yeah. Talk about that. We got to talk about that. Um, so, uh, the 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 first time there was like a quote unquote Kenobi panel ish was at D twenty three last year, and that's when Kathleen Kennedy brought Ewan McGregor out on stage and announced that he would be reprising his role as Obi-Wan in the Kenobi series. So they needed to do something really big to match that. And so the big reveal at this panel with Hayden Christensen coming on stage and saying he's going to be in the show. 
yeah was amazing and that obviously like being in the crowd when that happened was great and i i just think it's really cool that you know hayden christensen can go to these celebrations and and get such positive um you know uh reaction from from the crowd because you know i know there was a lot of hate from the prequels when you know he was in them especially like attack of the clones like the the, the critics were really hard on him and I know that that really probably was a big part of the reason why he kind of fell out of acting for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, having him come back and reprise Anakin and the Kenobi show and then having him on stage and everybody applauding for him and showing him love, like, that was really a really special moment. Yeah, like, when he walked on the stage, he and Ewan pretended that they were going to, like, throw fists at each other, but then they came in for, like, a <laughs> hug, which was, was like... Great really nice to see and they just like sat down and had a conversation with us talking about like the prequels and the making of them and also like little hints of like what they're excited about with the upcoming show like i think ewan said that he's more excited for the series than he was for episodes two and three mm-hmm. I, I i am so excited for kenobi um i wish i'd shown more footage from it they didn't show a lot but um, just knowing that, yeah, it's that all these big people are going to be attached to the project, like super, super exciting. I'm super excited for the show. Yeah, the footage showed a lot of sand and I'm surprised that <laughs> Hayden didn't bolt and run. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, it, it was like Tatooine and it had like the voiceover narration. It was Al Guinness's voice from A New Hope where he said, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, that is a name I haven't heard in a long time. A long time. <laughs> and then, like, you see, like, a cloaked Obi-Wan, and he takes down the hood, and it's Ewan McGregor, and the whole crowd erupted. <laughs> Even though it's just, like, that little bit. Yeah. Like, that's the only yeah. thing. Like, yeah. everyone's just been hungry for this Kenobi thing, and they'll just, like, take whatever they can get. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that 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 was probably... With the with the Mando panel not showing a lot and not having like a big reveal with the trailer, I would say that the the Kenobi panel was probably one of the better, more exciting ones. Um, that that one kind of beat the Mando one out, in my opinion, for 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 a better panel having having that footage and having um having Hayden there, like that 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 really st- was was one of the big panels and best panels I think that they had. Yeah, and I mean, who better to moderate the panel than James Arnold Taylor? So it was like, yeah, double that was the Kenobi's. <laughs> that was amazing. Like, yeah, I never, I never like thought Steven that. Steven Stanton showed up later. That was cool. All the Kenobi's. All the Kenobi's were there. That was incredible. I never thought I would see them all in the same room. I thought they were the same person. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, they, were, here. they took a group photo together, which like went viral and like that was a lot of fun <laughs> that was fantastic there are some cool events that happened um after the convention we did a, a cool thing with like all of our people at the star wars underworld um going out bowling that was really fun um and it was fun that it, we were able to do kind of like a play star wars music <laughs> And the and the and the bowling thing, and do like the kind of the like the glow in the dark uh, black light bowling, like that was that was really cool. Um, so that was fun, and um, I, I have to mention the night that I don't remember, 
as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I remember like I was hanging out with people and it was great. And then, um, the next thing I remember is waking up, um, at the Hilton and the next morning, all I remember, don't know what happened. <laughs> well, so there's that as well. <laughs> I mean, I hope you were okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine now. I'm here. <laughs> All right. So, must, yeah, must have to been mention that. a wild night then. <laughs> yes, yes. If anyone knows what happened that night, let me know, or maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the Galaxy's Edge trip was awesome. I'm glad that everybody got a chance. I mean, a lot of us had been before, but then it was great going with people who hadn't as well. It was really awesome. Like this time, I got like more green milk because last time I had blue milk, but like I only took like a sip of green milk from someone else who let me have some. Mm. So it was cool having that this time around. Like in a full cup. Yeah, and it was great that everybody got to ride um Rise of the Resistance as well. Because yeah. um last time we did a group thing there um for the uh before or right right before Rise of Skywalker came out. Um the Rise of the Resistance hadn't opened yet in California. So <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I mean it's great that we have like this thing that represents the sequel era at a time when like there's so much going on that like it's kind of easy to kind of forget the sequels now that they're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that the, uh, the timeline for, for galaxy's edge is still kind of in the sequel timeline. So all the stuff is characters walking around and everything is in ships and everything is in that timeline. So that's cool. Yeah. And I mean, there's also that, um, ILM X lab, uh, panel where they had like a teaser of that tales from the galaxy's edge game so it's mm -hmm. nice that they're including that in there and apparently mm -hmm. it's not just going to be sequel era like it might be multiple eras because yoda is going to be in it somehow they, they're very cagey about the details but i think that's cool yeah yeah that that stuff looks awesome i, I love what they're doing at, at x labs also it was really funny at galaxy's edge when like you accidentally bumped into one of the troopers and then they got, like <laughs> they acted like they were super mad and like yeah. it's, it's just fun how in character those people are yeah yeah it's it, that's one of the things that's like really awesome about galaxy's edge is how they have the characters all walking around kylo and and ray and vimarati and this and the stormtroopers and um yeah, how they interact with people is really, really fun. And like, you know, the 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 cast members do such a great job with that. Um, so yeah, the, that was that was really funny. I'm glad that uh, we got it on video. Yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. So overall, how do you think this celebration and I guess Galaxy's Edge trip compared to like previous years? Well, I think I think celebrations kind of really changed for me over time. I think that originally it was about getting to see panels and and get to buy merch and just kind of like meet celebrities involved with Star Wars like for the first time like that that's kind of like what I was getting out of it like the first few times but then as like I made friends in the Star Wars community and started uh you know podcasting and all this stuff like it kind of became more about like just you know hanging out with people and you know kind of having a shared experience where we were all just really hyped for something and could all like relate to each other's hype and then just you know just like hang out and like get to know each other better 
and do fun things together. So I, I think that as celebration for me has kind of shifted from more of like a consuming to a more social thing. Um, you know, I, I just anytime that we have an event that we can get together and do that, it just is really awesome. So, you know, being able to have the booth and continue to to hang out with uh, people in our community and meet meet new people that we'd only met online before um, was really awesome. And then getting to to go to panels together and getting to go to Galaxy's Edge together and then getting to uh, podcast together every day and then do do some of the events at at night together like um that that was just that's all you can really ask for and it just it was really awesome and there was a lot of had a lot of great experiences and memories i remember for the rest of my life so yeah this one this one was really fantastic and a lot of it has to do with just people that that were there like star wars is is great but like the fans well the the fans who are like really friendly they just make it all that much better like being able to like talk about all this and like bond over like this shared experience that we have it's crazy how like the galaxy far far away has like transcended into this thing that like lots of us have experienced together in a way yeah oh definitely and that's that's what's so special about it all right well thanks for joining me on this chris um i think now i've had like three chris's on this podcast oh my god (laughs) watch out marvel (laughs) (laughs) um where where can people find you on the internet <laughs> uh yeah uh, definitely check out the star wars underworld podcast you can find that at starwarsunderworld.com or just search for the star wars underworld and whatever podcast app that uh, you're listening we uh do weekly shows where we break down um star wars news and and of course, whenever there's a convention, we'll do shows from the convention, breaking it down. And then we also review uh, any new Star Wars stuff that's coming out. So we're going to be reviewing uh, each episode of the season two of The Mandalorian uh, later this year on our spinoff show, uh, Radio Razorcrest, which you can find on that podcast feed with our normal shows. Um, and then if you're interested in following me personally, um, uh, you can find me uh, online at Seek3PO, S-E-E-K-3-P-O. Nice. All right, listeners, I guess without further delay, on to the next person. <laughs> it's delayed replay. There has to be a delay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back with another segment. This time, I'm t- another host from the star wars underworld podcast it is dominic jones hello yeah you can't get rid of us there's there's so many of us we keep showing up every time you go to record a star wars underworld podcast host just appears it's our it's like a call we hear a podcast start begin and we're just like we're there there's too many of them (laughs) yeah you're like now it's getting out of now it's getting out of hand now there's three of them Oh yeah, that's right. It's also that line. <laughs> yeah, it all it all connects. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, what was the boothing experience like for you? Like, I know like everyone was like really happy to see Percy the Puffer Pig at your guys's Underworld booth. Yeah, and in fact, he's uh, he's here right now. Huh? He wants to say hello. <laughs> yeah, I know. Great weekend, Percy. <laughs> Yeah, that was a highlight. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's been 
it's been terrific. Uh, you know, having the booth is always one of my favorite aspects of celebration. It has been since we started doing it back in uh, in London, and and it's just a fun place. It's a great service. is a great meeting spot for everybody if they want to, you know, use it as a landmark to say, all right, let's gather there. It's great for, uh, you know, meeting meeting new people and and seeing uh, and interacting with the people who have listened to our podcast over the years and want to come say hello and want to and 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 you know we get to give them some uh some some free swag some free merch and so yeah it was a lot of fun it was great to do uh to do another live show from there and you know, we've always got these crazy setups with these over-the-top speaker systems that uh, really could um you know really I, I think if we turned it up all the way we could have challenged the uh <laughs> challenge the star wars show stage to a noise war uh but we didn't we didn't we didn't we didn't feel like getting kicked out uh but it was it was a lot it was a lot of fun it's always it's always uh, one of my favorite uh, things to do is to just hang out at the booth and meet new people whether they listen to the show or they're just interested in knowing what star wars underworld is all about as well as uh, catching up with old friends it's all about fun and all around good times right exactly exactly as a why <laughs> as a wise man once said star wars is fun it's funny and it's all around good times yeah <laughs> yeah i remember there's that moment on like the floor of the convention when like you get like this person in a han solo cosplay and he's like dancing around like the connect star wars <laughs> <laughs> level yeah <laughs> i yeah. hear the music that was just a fun moment yeah it was a great it was so great i was like a it was like a, a again it was like a call it was like a siren call of like i, I hear the song i must see what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of good variety at this celebration like you got to be in the audience of the cassian series panel yeah. so you want to talk about that for sure yeah i i, I won the lottery i was very happy about this because uh, i'm i'm super stoked for this cassian show i i think it's it's gonna be really good and it, it sounds like it's gonna be kind of different from a lot of the star wars stuff going on it's more of a spy thriller as they like to say and and uh you know mando and everything else is really leaning into the western side of things whereas this is kind of maybe leaning a little bit more into to the um, sci-fi side of things, which I think is is kind of exciting. And uh, I'm a big Rebel Alliance guy. That's kind of my favorite aspect of, of Star Wars. They're my favorite faction, if you will. So I, I was really excited about the show. And so this was one of the panels where I was like, I, I have to go to it. And, uh, you know, I went into it not expecting it to be a whole lot. Obviously, they, they, they just started shooting the show a couple of months ago. So I guess they kind of paused for, uh, for this weekend so that they could get everybody over here. Um, but it was really cool to see you know diego luna and alan tudyk back on stage uh as well as they had um, they had tony gilroy here as well to uh talk about the show and uh, you know what what it's like for him as the showrunner i think he's you know he's a guy that doesn't really um he's not really into star wars in the way that we are <laughs> you know yeah. so i think <laughs> this whole experience was a little bit strange for him because he was kind of looking at it going like why why what huh what <laughs> but you yeah know, they, they, so it was cool to have him there and they also you know they had Stellan Skarsgård and Denise Go there as you know kind of the the new cast and Genevieve O'Reilly uh sent in a video she she wasn't able to join us I guess they needed Mon Mothma on set really soon again so they, they she sent in a video which was really cool in costume uh it was it was it was pretty sweet so I uh, lots and lots of uh lots and lots of fun uh and they you know, no trailer, sadly. A little bit of behind-the-scenes footage, a little bit, not much. And a couple of really cool pictures giving us our first look at some of these characters that we're going to meet in the show. 
Yeah, well, like it was kind of disappointing that there wasn't a trailer, but I did think it was kind of fun when they had Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk like <laughs> read that one shot comic about how like k2 <laughs> and cassian met it was kind of like that anthony daniels panel at that other celebration where he read the phantom limb yeah yeah it was just sort of a nice uh you know it was a nice sort of change of pace on the panel and and you know alan tudyk can make anything funny and so he, i think he had a yeah. lot of i think he had a lot of fun with that but i, I think we're kind of we're kind of missing the the big uh the big reveal of the panel which was the you know surprise casting announcement that they made during the during the afternoon which is that that jimmy smith's is coming back to play bail organa and he's going to be a recurring character and he was actually there he, he stuck his head in for the last 15 minutes of the panel which was pretty sweet it's just great having these people come back but it does make me wonder like do you think they should have a young leia appear on this show or would that be kind of stretching it you know, it, it might be kind of stretching it, you know, maybe it's it's maybe not something you do in season one. But at the same time, you know, she's such a key figure in the rebellion that I, I think you got to you got to have her in there at, at some at some point. You got to get her in there just just to, just even if it's just for an episode or two, just to r remind us that, you know, this is the rebellion that we know and love from the original trilogy. Yeah, I mean that Bail Organa and Leia Organa like <sighs> father daughter relationship. Like I was glad that we got that in the book Leia mm -hmm. Princess of Alderaan. That was a really good book for that sort of thing. Yeah, and how but, how cool would it be to actually see that on screen? That'd be so yeah, good. Yeah, it'd be so cool to see on screen. <laughs> yeah, it, it'd be amazing. That's that, like I get chills just even thinking about it. <laughs> I really want it yeah. to happen. Now I really want it to happen. Yeah, heck, bring Bria on the show as well. I'm sure she yeah. could contribute somehow. Mm, absolutely. Just, yeah, get the whole Organa family in there, and and just uh, why not? Right? They're all they're all critical to the rebellion. I think that would be, it, it would just it would just make the the destruction of Alderaan all the more devastating. Yeah, and like you remember that short story, and from a certain point of view, where oh, like yeah. it was from their perspective mm. when Alderaan was being destroyed, and that was like so like heartbreaking but so well written so yeah the panel like even though they didn't show enough i think they did a nice job of reminding people that like it's the show is still going on mm -hmm. it's coming out sometime next year yeah um but yeah like it's great that we're getting more tv shows for star wars on disney plus it's like they're expanding the universe on that particular medium mm-hmm Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Mando season one was really good. The, the trailer that they debuted this weekend was 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 pretty solid. I, th I thought it was all right. Um, it was, you know, showed us a little bit of season two, gave us some more baby Yoda, uh, which is always good. Um, and then, yeah, the, the it, and the Cassian stuff, uh, you know, it's so it's still so far away that I get why they couldn't show us much. But it was nice that they, you know, trotted out some members of the cast as a little uh, as a little gift to the fans as a little thing. It was like, yeah, we know you're excited about this. And and we're excited too so here's a here's a little something from it yeah like the mandalorian trailer was a little bit underwhelming but i feel like we're probably gonna get like very whelmed i guess when we watch season <laughs> two on disney plus yeah and and with mando it's worth bearing in mind how far out we are from the premiere so there's there's lots more to show and lots more to see yeah 
Yeah, what's kind of weird is I don't even remember the season one trailer from back in the day. Like, that's how forgettable it was to me, I guess. <laughs> so I'm curious to see, like, how well this one will stick in my mind in, like, the year to come, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Right. And there's also like a a panel for that Clone Wars anthology book, uh, Stories of Light and Dark. Now, have you had a chance to read or listen to this book? I haven't yet. It's it's on my list of stuff to get to. And obviously, I love the Clone Wars, so I, I want to get to it soon. Um, but I did make a point of going to this panel because, you know, it's they're talking Clone Wars. Of course I want to see it. And, and you know, usually at Celebration, I don't go to the books panels. I, I'll go if, if they have one at, at New York Comic Con or San Diego or, or, or wherever. But Celebration, there's so much else going on. That usually I sort of skip out on the books. But uh, this was one where you really, I, I really felt you had to go. And, and uh, I thought it was a, a nice touch to have um, Dave Filoni as the moderator. Yeah, and I mean, they brought, like, the voice actors who contributed to the audiobook. You know, they had Catherine Tabor, James Arnold Taylor, Corey mm-hmm. Burton, Matt Lanter, Nika Futterman, Sam Witwer, and so Olivia good. Hack is just, like, an all-star panel, and it was fun. Yeah, it was so good. It was just, it was just a fun little Clone Wars retrospective. Yeah, and, like, having listened to the book, I do wish that they had done new original stories like there's only one story at the very end called bug that's original and Mm. i feel like the perspectives didn't add much to the stories we already knew so it was kind of disappointing to me in that regard but I, i still really enjoyed the panel itself it's like a weird thing where you enjoy the event more than the content it's showcasing it's like a really strange experience <laughs> yeah but that's that's the nice thing about these events right is that they can there's just such an energy to them that uh even if the end result isn't your favorite thing the 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 experience of being there is is really you know it's it's what celebration is all about it's the experience of 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 bringing all of these star wars people fans creators everything together to just enjoy and for lack of a better term celebrate star wars yeah definitely like it's fun all around good times like we've said already exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i love when they did the q and a at the end of that panel and one of the questions that this kid asked like it was directed at dave filoni and the kid was like do you ever not wear that cowboy hat? And like everyone <laughs> laughed and so long. He was just like face palming, but also smiling. Like he couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was hilarious. Well, and, and I, I thought his, his wife had the perfect sort of response because she wrote one of the stories and, and she yeah. basically was like, no, I can't get him to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen that episode of Jean Favreau's chef show that's on Netflix mm-hmm. where like Dave Filoni guest starred, but he wore the hat there as well. Was like, <laughs> why not? And they talked a bit of Clone Wars on that episode, which was cool. Yeah, that, that was that episode was a lot of fun. Not usually one for watching cooking shows, but that was uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, I do want to watch more of that particular show. Um, I just haven't gotten around to watching more of it. And like when I do, I'll probably need food in front of me just <laughs> because, you know. Yeah, really. I say I'm not into watching cooking shows. It's really just that they make me hungry. And 
and then overeat as a result. <laughs> Spe speaking of which, did you find like any good food at Celebration or Galaxy's Edge for that matter? Genuinely, the Anaheim Convention Center has the worst food I have ever had. <laughs> I, I cannot stand eating in that place. I like that they have when they have the like food trucks outside. They, those are okay. But my trick is when I want food and I'm at the Anaheim Convention Center is I leave the convention, go 20 minutes down the street to Carl's Jr. and get my food there. <laughs> because let me tell you something. As a Canadian, we don't have Carl's Jr. And so the first time I went there... It was an experience, and and I've replicated that experience every single time that I've been back to the U.S., specifically to California. And so uh, that's that's my that's my go-to. And and you know, in, in Galaxy's Edge, the food is genuinely pretty good. Um, you know, it's 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 solid. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily the greatest meal you've ever had, but it's well. I mean, this is a, clearing a ridiculously low bar, but it's better than the Anaheim Convention Center. <laughs> Um, but I went for my classic shack ribs with um, with the weird blueberry muffin that, that they give you for some reason, and and a moof juice because yeah, of course you got to go with that. And then uh, a BB-8 Rice Krispie Square in the outside, uh, the outside of Galaxy's Edge por portion of Disneyland. I just remember like they like introduced this new type of ranch dressing over there at Galaxy's Edge. Like they called it Skywalker Ranch, and it came oh. in like blue and in green. <laughs> it was like so weird. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, very strange. By the way, I took a sip of water when you said Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> I, I had to work very hard not to spit it all over my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like i guess a couple of us like got the better end like looking around for food at the convention but like it's it's so weird but to me that like carl's jr is like like i don't know i guess i never thought about how it might not be in canada and it's yeah like for me carl's jr it's like i love it but i don't get it as often as I might get it's, like say McDonald's right. or like Jack in the Box. It's not. So, it's not a special treat for you necessarily. Right, and it's like it's like it's the burgers there are great, but I rarely go to it. So I just love hearing about how like it's this like <laughs> I don't know spiritual experience for you. I don't know if that's the right word, yeah, but no, yeah, I, no, I, no, I just right love word. it. Like. Like coming from else would imagine that that would be like a mind blowing experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's uh, it's it's really um, it's one of those um, traditions I have that whenever I go down to the U.S., I always have to, always have to make a, a pilgrimage over to Carl's Jr. for a for a burger. Uh, this might be a controversial statement, but I like it better than In and Out Burger. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, ob I mean, objectively, I know it's worse, but I, <laughs> but I like it better. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing: I love In and Out's burgers. I feel like I might enjoy like their patties more than the ones that Carl's Jr. have, possibly. Mm -hmm. But I feel like at Carl's Jr., there's more stuff that they can put on the burgers. Right. So, in that regard, I could see how one might prefer them. One thing that I think In-N-Out really does have going for it is the animal-style fries, where, like, mm. 
they get these fries and they it's like the fries by themselves are fine yeah. but like they're kind of weird but if they put like cheese and um this uh thousand island dressing type of thing on top of it and like uh tiny onion bits and it just it's just so good it, it improves the fries because of like what they put on top of it but it's like if you were to rank french fries from all these different fast food places i feel like it would be unfair to put the animal fries like toward <laughs> the top because it's the stuff they put on top of it rather than the fries themselves that are doing it justice the, you know doing the heavy lifting yeah yeah i see what yeah. you mean i see what you mean man i'm like getting hungry talking about <laughs> all of this <laughs> i will like order food after this call but yeah mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so were there like any cosplays that really stood out to you at celebration? Oh man, I'm I'm always just in awe of all the cosplay that people do because it's so impressive and it's so much work and it's so cool and well done that I know I could never do that. So yeah. I I just I'm just in awe always. I I love it when people sort of go outside the box or they they make characters that you wouldn't really think to be able to make there's always a couple of really nice general grievances that are are walking around the floor and i i remember seeing revenge of the sith and and thinking like how did they make a costume for this character (laughs) (laughs) and uh never uh never knowing actually funny story true story in fact at celebration five i i went to get an autograph from peter mayhew uh, and, and as I was in line for Peter Mayhew's autograph, next to him was Nick Gillard, who was the stunt coordinator for the prequels. And he was signing at a table and somebody came up to him in like this tricked out, awesome, grievous costume. And he was just like gobsmacked when he saw it. He was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Look at this thing. Oh, we didn't have this on the set. This is amazing. And like he wanted pictures with the guy and it was it, it was pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, there's there's amazing, amazing stuff there. There was there was one really good Jar Jar that I think was uh, I think has to has to take it as as my uh, as my number one. But I also got to see the the running of the Wilro Hoods, which is a, another favorite uh, celebration tradition of mine. Those are always funny. Speaking of good Jar Jars, like Ahmed Best made a surprise appearance at like the Jedi Temple Challenge training courses. <laughs> like that was great. Everyone was clapping and happy mm. to see him. And like I understand that you got to try like the obstacle course for adults, right? <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of can't believe that they did this. Like, I, I assumed they, if they brought it, they would set it up just for kids. But the fact that they went the extra mile to, you know, make a version for adults was was pretty cool. Um, I did not as bad as I thought I would on the obstacle course. So, I, you know, it, was, it wasn't good. I wasn't good at it, but it, I wasn't as bad as I thought I would be. So I, I was pretty happy with it. It was a lot of fun. But I, as I was doing it, I was like, oh, oh, these are the muscles that are going to hurt tomorrow. <laughs> I could just tell. Yeah. I could just tell. Um, fortunately, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I was, I'm not that old yet, but uh, it was it, it was a lot of fun to do. And just I, I love the trampoline trying to grab the Melu run. Uh, I, I thought that part was a lot of fun. Fun. Um, the part where they have to pull the 
you know, the, the thing across like the, the floating platform across that was, that was a workout. Like, let me tell you, I left, I finished that and was like, all right, I've earned my Carl's jr. For the day. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, but it was, it was just so much fun. Um, I was sad. I wasn't there when Ahmed was there. Cause I, I saw that on, on Twitter at the end of the day, but, uh, I was really glad to get to try it. And I hope they, they need to turn that into just like a touring exhibition that goes around and, and people get to try it. Cause it was, uh, it's truly an experience and, and a lot of fun and, and hopefully it'll, um, raise the profile of that show and the, and they'll make some more episodes. Yeah. I gave the course a try and like, there's a part where like, there's like this kind of rock climbing bit and mm. I was just like fall falling and failing. And <laughs> it was like, I feel like under other circumstances, I'd be really upset. I was just <laughs> laughing and be like, it's star Wars. Who cares? Yeah. Like we're all having fun. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, I don't even care if I, if, if I fail at this, it's, it's all good. It's star Wars. And everybody else here is going to fail anyways, too. <laughs> the greatest teacher failure is exactly. <laughs> and that's why they had it set up to remind everybody of that lesson. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of ironic how like George Lucas uh, c considered, I think it was Lucas. He considered making like a younglings spinoff of the Clone Wars, mm -hmm. but that didn't end up happening. But eventually we got this show, yeah. Jedi Temple <laughs> Challenge, for YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I think George's youngling show would have been very different. It would have been a little bit more, um, uh, you know, I mean, it would have been a little bit more in-universe than, <laughs> than <Yeah>. Jedi Temple <laughs> Challenges. What, like, you don't see, um, like, those younglings, like, running around in Jedi Temple Challenge. <laughs> like, you don't see anyone dressing up as a Wookiee on that mm. show. But somebody should. I, I think somebody should. <laughs> yeah, have have season two set on Ilum. <laughs> like, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really make the kids cold. But the <laughs> get some well, I mean, snow. it wouldn't be like real snow. Like it would just look like it. No, I think they should go for authenticity and and, and get some real snow in there. You know, go outside to you know go find a, a local arena where and after where after the zamboni has cleared the ice, they that those things are full of snow. They should truck that over to the um to the set <laughs> and uh, load up the uh, load up the area and, and just turn down the thermostat. That. I mean, that ice rink idea reminds me of another fun thing that they had at Celebration. Like, there was this, it was like pretty much Empire on Ice from Robot Chicken, but like a real life <laughs> version, like on a rink, and they're like performing the songs, and it was just, yeah amazing and like it's great that they were able to acknowledge like the robot chicken star wars specials yeah and i think i think having seth green like sort of as master of ceremonies for that was the perfect uh the perfect touch because he's been kind of out of star wars ever since the ever since detours got canceled um and so it was nice to have him back and and just yeah that they they booked out the um the honda center where the anaheim ducks play and we all sort of got into a bus from the convention center and went over there and yeah had a great had a grand old time it was uh it was pretty cool it was a lot of fun very talented uh skaters yeah and i was making those dumb jokes about like it should be called the hondo center <laughs> 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 yeah they should have they should have gone with that it's a missed opportunity that they didn't yeah there's a really great hondo onaka cosplay i took a picture with the person it was just so cool yeah i think i saw that guy it was it was pretty sweet 
He was kind of yeah. doing the voice too. It was awesome. If if you didn't know it was a cosplayer, you would swear it's Jim Cummings. Right? Yeah, you would you would have thought it was the animatronic from Disneyland that had come to life and yeah. walked over, walked across the street to the convention center. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they need to make like a Pirates of the Galaxy's Edge movie. Have Hondo and like Ooh, the yeah. Crimson Corsairs crew, including <laughs> Kicks, and have Maz Kanata in there. Like that'd be a fun adventure movie. I'd be I'd be here for it. It'd be so good. That would be so good. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any cool toys that you acquired? You know, I go and walk the floor and I think like, oh, I want to get that and I want to get that and I want to get that. And then I think, no, I shouldn't spend all of my money on the first day. And then I never wind up going back and getting what I said I I wanted to get. Um, I was really sad I couldn't get my hands on the Hasbro Cad Bane exclusive Black Series figure with Toto. I thought that thing looked so cool, and I I was really hoping to get one of those. I'm kind of hoping Hasbro will send me one, (laughs) because they frequently do. They did last time, so I'm kind of hoping that they'll just say, ah... Here you go. We got a few left over. You can have one. Um, but uh, yeah, it looked so cool. So I was kind of sad I wasn't able to get one of those. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I didn't buy much. My, my big purchase, uh, kind of as it was last time, was I bought a bunch of uh, stands for my Black Series figures. I didn't get any, uh, <laughs> I didn't get any <laughs> new ones. I just got accessories for, for the old ones. And um, I, did get a, I did get a new t-shirt at Galaxy's Edge, though. I got that new Jedi. I resistance crossover logo thing. I thought that thing looked really cool. And so I, I had yeah. to go with, I had to get one of those. And I got, I did all my shopping at Galaxy's Edge. I didn't buy anything from the convention. Right. <laughs> I, did, I got, they, they have these really sweet notebooks there that, um, that look like the uh, ancient Jedi texts from The Last Jedi. And so I, last time I'd been there back in December for the Rise of Skywalker premiere, I had thought about buying one and then I thought, oh, I'll get it later. And then later never came. I, by the time I, I had a chance to go back to the store, it was too late and they were closing down the park. And so it was too late. So I just thought, oh, okay, well, I'll just have to wait until uh, c- celebration next year and uh, and get one then and hope that they're still in production. And unfortunately they were. And so I, I was really happy with that. I was really happy with the, with the new tea. And uh, yeah, I, 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 other than that, I, I didn't grab any, any figures or anything. I, I kind of, I never went at the right time to get, uh, to get the figures yeah i mean star wars toys are truly amazing like the the toys are very much a part of star wars and like hasbro Mm. went all out with like the celebrate the saga collection like they even include that battle droid that was like reprogrammed in the citadel arc i thought that was really cool (laughs) yeah 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 that guy looked cool like the guy looked cool maybe i'll get one in five years at another convention for three times the price (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess it's better to spend a lot of money on that than like that same amount for just endless orders of carl's jr (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna order carl's jr when we get off this call but yeah i'm I'm glad i've inspired you in that way (laughs) yes you are you're very inspirational to me dominic jones (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) i guess before we like wrap up are there like any other like memories from like celebration or galaxy's edge that you want to bring up 
Ah, oh, man, it was, it was, you know, it was so cool to go to Galaxy's Edge. It was really great. And, and it was just so cool to be there with like just all the Star Wars fans where, you know, everybody there was just in awe. I thought the, the staff, the, the cast members, quote unquote, I thought they really went all in on, on the improvisation and making everything in universe. And really, you know, it was a, it was a, such, you know, the experience of going there you know, on a regular day is so incredible that it was kind of hard to think that they could top it. But the fact that they did was pretty sweet. It was pretty good. I, I was uh, I was very, very happy with that. And it was really cool to ride Rise of the Resistance and to go on the Falcon ride and to just be there with everybody when um, when everybody is there who loves Star Wars as much as uh, as much as we do. So that was really cool. Uh, Love just being at the convention, walking the floor, seeing everybody, seeing all seeing all our friends. Uh, it was just delightful. And uh, the uh, the Star Wars Underworld bowling party was also just I, that was something we started talking about doing late last year and uh, I was really really excited that we managed to make it happen uh, and that everybody sh- showed up and everybody had a good time and that we were we had such a good raffle and uh, it was just it was just such a great time and the 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 parties were excellent and uh you know i felt like i didn't get more than four hours sleep any night uh, of the convention and so it was just just the best time just the best time and i didn't get sick this year which was wonderful because i got really sick last year and you know i I didn't want to didn't want to do that again (laughs) (laughs) right understandable So I guess with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up this segment. So thank you for joining me uh, to talk about Celebration. Dominic, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on social media at DominicJ25 on Twitter and Instagram. More Instagram than Twitter, but uh, occasionally Twitter as well. Uh, and you can hear me on the Star Wars Underworld podcast, uh, which you can find at StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching star- for Star Wars Underworld in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other places like that. So uh, check it out. We talk about all the Star Wars news on everything that happened at Celebration. So uh, give us a listen. StarWarsUnderworld.com. Nice. And without further delay, on to the next person. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. Jerry Kenobi! Sorry. <laughs> it was just an impulse. And for this segment, I have yet another Star Wars Underworld host. It is Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much, Stephen, for having me back on the show. Obviously, a, a very uh, a very apt topic we're going to be talking about because, of course, talked about it enough myself, but like getting to talk about you, then obviously, celebration. A lot happened. If you guys didn't know already, a lot happened. And uh, I will try to give you a little bit of my take on this because I got a few, a few different things that I don't think uh, – a few stories I haven't been able to tell yet on shows other than this. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, no, yeah, you guys did a great job covering Celebration 2020 on your show, but, like, even then, it's like you couldn't, like, get every single thing in there, so I'm sure we'll, like, find some stuff. Oh, absolutely. So, what was boothing like for you this year? It was interesting, you know, it was, it was, I think this was the best one yet in regards to just meeting people, getting to hang out at the booth, and, you know, just being there and being there for everyone else and obviously you know immensely awesome to meet everyone get get to meet friends um and you know just hang out and be a part of the thing and you know we had a really i don't know if it was a great location 
we're, we're facing a wall, which was kind of weird. We, we were used to kind of being in the middle of everything. They kind of put us off in the back corner, which kind of yeah. sucked <laughs> this time. But it still, it was nice to be there. And I don't know, it kind of felt cozy. It was almost like we got our, had our own corner of the convention center back there. Um, but uh, it did not stop us from having some some interesting things happen. That uh, maybe I'll share one of those tonight. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was fun. It's 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 just it's always a good time just hanging out at the booth. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's all around good times. I was trying not to say that, and then you just <laughs> took off with it. Thank you, thank you very much for just finishing that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that'll sound repetitive. Like hearing Dominic's segment like right before this one. But yeah, I mean, and you know that thing stuck in my head. I hear it every week for the past, I don't know, 10 years. So, like, it's ingrained in my brain. So, anytime I say it's an all around good time, that just, it just flows right out. Oh, man. We, we should mention mall packaging <laughs> while we're at it. <laughs> yes. Just hit all of the in jokes. Yeah. Just all the check boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Some different things happened on the floor. And, like, there was actually someone who, like, went up to you and said that they wanted to punch you now is this the same person who said that before that other celebration that they do or is this a new person okay so here here's how that went down so obviously some of you know some of you don't know the conversation that i someone i had a conversation with some dude from australia years ago and this was a couple celebrations ago and he vowed because of whatever reason, because we disagreed on a certain subject. And I can't remember this point what it was that he was going to punch me. He was going to go to celebration. He was going to punch me. And I laughed it off as a joke. And obviously, you know, it pretty much was. I mean, just it's absolutely absurd to do that to someone online. And I knew he was full of crap. But, you know, he didn't show up in the last couple of celebrations. Then we get to this celebration. And lo and behold, I hear that someone with an Australian accent had come to the booth and was asking to see me. And I know a lot of Australians, so this wasn't like super weird, but it did get me thinking. And so I hung around. I was kind of wary. So I made it back to the booth, and then lo and behold, this guy that I, I didn't recognize him. I'd never talked to this guy in my life, but he shows up at the booth. And he goes to shake my hand, and he literally takes a swing at me as he does that. So I, so thankfully there was security that was close by yeah. before this guy could like jump the thing. They grabbed him and took him outside, and I didn't see him again. Yeah, they were dressed so, in Praetorian Guard outfits. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was very apt and very on brand because all the security was dressed in Star Wars costumes. So uh, I think that was the best way to go with that. But uh, yeah, the Praetorians saved my life that day. Um, I will not cheer for them being destroyed in The Last Jedi ever again because they did save me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a close call. I didn't see the guy for the rest of the weekend. I assume he got barred from Celebration or something. I don't know. Um, but he was a little, it was a few years late on his promise, but he did do it. He did try it. And uh I, I I didn't get hurt, so that's it, the silver lining, I guess. Right, and like like as they were like dragging him away, he was like threatening to start his own <laughs> podcast called the Star Wars Down Under World. Actually, not a bad name. I I was thinking, I'm like, that's that's actually not bad. You should do that, dude. Instead of trying to you know, um, threaten people and uh, start fights at a convention, just go do your own thing. 
Right. But like, as of this recording, I don't like see any such podcast. So I don't know if it'll ever be a thing, but I kind of got a chuckle out of like the funniness of that name. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen just out of morbid curiosity. Yeah. And also, this is a tangent, but you've seen that Praetorian Guard scene video where it's set to the Queen song, um, don't stop me now i'll have to see if i can find that video again and link it in the show notes if that's such a great song to put to that scene (laughs) so good but uh okay so there's something else that happened at at the booth that i wanted to share i don't know how many people actually heard this story because this happened towards the end of the end of the the weekend or, or beginning of the next week was uh we had a famous person just show up at the booth that I didn't expect. Of course, you're, you're used to, you know, your celebration. There's famous people all over the place. Sometimes they're walking the floor or whatever, but this one was one I wasn't expecting. So I'm at the booth, Dominic, Chris, a bunch of people are there. And then I'm just standing there and I hear a familiar voice, but it's not a voice I'm used to like hearing that is like, oh, I know this person. It's like, I've heard this voice before, maybe through a TV. So I look up and it's freaking Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> and I just flabbergasted and apparently he listens to the show apparently just floored me that he actually is a fan of the star wars underworld for some reason and he he wanted a shirt and some buttons and he just came to say hi and i was floored absolutely floored and uh yeah so uh i i, I you know I, I always go to celebration wanting to meet famous people wasn't expecting to, to meet jerry seinfeld especially at our booth that was just amazing. Super nice guy, too, actually. Yeah, like, he was talking about how there needs to be, like, a Star Wars sitcom, and I agree with him. Like, we need, like, that Dex's Diner sitcom that we've been wanting for a while. I could just, like, picture, like, put, like, an episode of Seinfeld with Jerry doing stand-up and all like Just do it in Star Wars version. Just do a Star yeah. Wars version of that. Like, that would be amazing. And apparently, Jerry would be totally up for it. So, like... Lucasfilm, he's there, just do it. Yeah, and like we also ended up talking about movies in general, like not just Star Wars. Like we I don't remember how this happened, but we got on the subject of Jaws and then Jerry was like, You like Jaws? Like it was his B movie quote, you like jazz, but with jazz <laughs> replaced with Jaws. <laughs> oh gosh. So good. <laughs> there was a ton of of announcements, some that I none of us saw coming in regards to. I mean, I can't. The Mandalorian game is coming out. Yeah, like it's in the style of Red Dead Redemption. Like that sounds phenomenal. Like why haven't they done that previously? Yeah, it's um, such so, a natural fit. <laughs> yeah, it's so perfect. So like that's amazing, and you've got just all this kind of stuff. And uh, I I don't know if I I didn't go to the panel. And that's another whole other story. I'll, 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 I will explain my issue with the whole panel system in a minute. But first, I want to talk about this. So someone mentioned something about Holiday Special 2. We got the LEGO Stars Holiday Special announcement, but there are also like rumblings of like a second Holiday Special like in live action form. At the Mandalorian panel, John Favreau was like, oh yeah, we're gonna also make a live-action holiday special sequel. And, like, it was hard to tell whether he was joking or whether he meant it. 
I think he was trying to gauge like the crowd reaction, but like lots of people were cheering and clapping. So like maybe that could happen. Yeah, I I mean I'm, I I heard some things about them like bringing back B Arthur using CGI and like doing all that and going back to Kashyyyk and like getting some of the original actors from the original holiday special, the ones that are still around, like. Sounds like a pretty big production. Like they're like leaning into this idea of like, okay, we're finally embracing the holiday special and we're actually gonna make a true sequel. And it's going to make the original holiday special canon, which I've heard a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff online. People are not happy about that, understandably, but hey, it's happening. What are you gonna do? Yeah, well, I mean, in the Star Wars comic series that Marvel's been doing, like, the one that, like, started in 2015, there was that fight between Luke and Boba Fett, like, shortly after A New Hope, and Luke was blind, so, like, he wouldn't have seen Boba Fett, so that doesn't contradict the animated segment of the holiday special. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's very possible. I, I'm curious just how how they're going to actually put this around. And I don't know if they're going to put it in theaters. Uh, I've heard that it might even be 3D this time. So, uh, or maybe even predict, you know, doing some 4D stuff, like experimental stuff. Like, it's it's nuts. Like, they're going all in. They're giving Favreau the keys to the kingdom and making this happen. Yeah, like, the leaks that we've been hearing reports of look legit and there's like a clip where it was like the stir whip stir whip 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 stir scene but with dexter doing it because like you know forearms so why not and it's yeah it's so like good. yeah yeah that's perfect like you, you couldn't get I, I love how they're just integrating like taking the ridiculousness of that that previous thing and actually like making it legit yeah, so, like, there are rumors that it could have, like, a limited theatrical run before hitting Disney+. Plus. And, like, I feel like that's very likely. Like, maybe we'll, like, see an ad for it at the end of the Lego Star Wars holiday special or something like that. That'd be cool. And then, um, like, I think eventually, like, obviously it has to end up on Disney+. Plus. I mean, they announced that, like, the Ewok Adventures and the Ewoks and Droids cartoons are going to be on Disney Plus later this year. So, like, why not? Right, right. Everything's going to end up on Disney Plus eventually. I didn't even think the original, like, holiday special will end up on Disney Plus. But uh, now they're doing a sequel. So, uh, yeah, it's about to get nuts. Yeah, I mean, you, you can only, like, hide these things from like modern fans for so long they're gonna seek it out anyway so might as well put them on dizzy plus like legitimately yeah and everyone's seen the 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 holiday special at this point a 100 times already so like they may as well just embrace it and apparently they are so uh i applaud them right <laughs> like it's all star wars it's not all good but it's all star wars <laughs> right <laughs> But uh, yeah, the the Lego Star Wars, you know, the holiday special looks great. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you got tons of the stuff. They've got the uh, what is this? I heard about this like Thrawn 4D experience. Like apparently, like they're gonna do some kind of like TV show that's like you watch it on Disney Plus, but you're wearing like a VR headset, and it's like. A translation of like the Thrawn books, so you're gonna get you see like Eli Vanto and all those guys like in f like you know 
VR, 4D, something like that. I don't even understand what it is, but I'm here for it because, for one, Thrawn on screen is great, but, like, Thrawn in VR, like, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> I, I like that they're trying to push the envelope with, like, technology like Star Wars has always done. Right, right. That's, I mean, VR seems to be the, the next frontier in regards to that. And they even teased that, like, the new films could be in VR because... Like, you know, they're like, OK, we had, you know, 3D and now we're moving forward and like you'll be able to I don't know how that'll work. Like you like how will they even film that? It's just it's just mind blowing. But like apparently they're getting Taika Waititi in on this and they're like really just going out. and maybe it'll connect to the throne stuff. I don't know. I just know that I'm glad that Lucasfilm is like pushing the boundaries of like what can be done. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of VR, we're also getting that Tales from the Galaxy's Edge VR game. Right, and that looks really good. Yeah, I mean, you got Anthony Daniels, like, voicing C-3PO, of course, and... Okay, so, like, this is my celebrity encounter-ish at Celebration, but, like, I was, like, walking down the floor and... Like, I'm so mad at myself, I didn't realize this until later, but I think I walked past anthony daniels i didn't realize until like i watched some of the live streams sometime later but i saw myself in the footage like walking past him but like i didn't recognize him at the time because like he was wearing this shirt that had like red sleeves and like i didn't recognize him <laughs> so <laughs> i'm like really upset about that <laughs> yeah he was probably going incognito if if you know anthony daniels i think you know he's uh you know, he he kind of just I don't know. He's he's one of those guys that everybody knows him, but like you know, I think he was wearing a wearing a hat or something like that, trying to keep a low profile. And I've heard people have weird encounters. I don't. Any time I've met him, he's he's been really nice. But sometimes he's just like he flies under the radar. And uh, now that he's, I think he's grumpy now that they've written him out of everything. He, there's no more C three PO, so he's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Right, but like. <laughs> He's, but like he's like still open to have cameos as other characters, like he did in Solo. So right, well, you know, well, I I think I heard someone say they they saw like someone that looked like Anthony Daniels outside the convention center, like holding up a sign that said like more three PO or something like that. <laughs> and like I'm like, come on, Anthony. Like, sure, first of all, like is that even him? Second of all, like, you know, you've got job security. Like, you're the only person that plays C-3PO. So, like, it's fine. But apparently he wants more. Apparently he wants, like, more. He thinks he's a Skywalker now. Like, he thinks because he was built by Anakin that he's a Skywalker. And the Skywalker saga should continue. So uh, uh, maybe he'll get his which one of these days. If I were asked to write a novel about, like, any of the main Star Wars characters, I would do a an R2 and 3PO novel. Like, I just feel like there's some really good, like, you can get into their heads, like, never before, and I think it could be, like, a really good story. I think, like, something like that, and I know, I know, like, the films are supposed to be, like, oh, this is from R2 and 3PO's, like, point of view. Like, this is their, like, you're seeing everything from their point of view. I would like to see, like, something like that either done with a new story or do the films like in the you know from a certain point of view style but it's from their perspective like you get all of their internal dialogue and they're just like you know anytime they're off screen like you could have them just doing crazy adventures like in the sequel trilogy because they're rarely on screen you could just have them like oh yeah like r2 and 3po off on some adventure because they're not around 
Yeah, because one of the things I love about the Poe Dameron comics is how 3PO is like a resistance spy master and he's not as afraid of doing things anymore. Like he seems very comfortable and in his element and willing to sacrifice himself and whatnot. And I just love that era for a 3PO. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's so good. Speaking of droids, there are like some really cool like droids on the floor that people built. Like there was even like a Droidico one, and I don't know how that was accomplished. I didn't even know how they did that. I was my my blew my mind when I saw that. And then like it would like roll up into a ball and like speed away, like in in a thing, like yeah. just thing. And they also had you know those those uh, those droids from the Vader comics that like have like. Like the one, like the black archer unit that has like all these weapons that come oh, out of him. Yeah, like, BT1. Yeah, they had one of those. And yeah. not only that, but he had like this, like ungodly, like shaped and sized missile that would come out and would fire. He could fire it. Like it, it was insane. Yeah, but it wasn't like an actual missile. Like when it shot out, it would like, um, it would like break apart and like throw streamers everywhere and like people are like <laughs> applauding it. That was it's just they like the the whole droid builders, man, they they've come a long way since last celebration. Yeah, and I really love the triple zero uh droid that they built, the one that's like an evil three PO pretty much. But yeah. Yeah, that's just amazing stuff. Were you able to go to the Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view panel. Okay, so here's the deal. Let me let me explain this, and then I'll I'll give my impressions of what I saw. Okay. Um. So they had, of course, they brought back the uh the panel. What do you call it? The lottery system, where you 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 sign up for the panels, and then you get whichever you're going to get. Um. I got none of them. All right. <laughs> none of them. N- not a single one of my panel suggestions got through. Um, and I was literally the only person in the group that didn't, so I had to send them all out. Um, <laughs> it was okay. I sat the booth for a little while. It was fine. All right, I'm not bitter, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, disappointing for a while to uh, have to sit on the sidelines. But uh, from what I heard, the 40th anniversary panel was really awesome. And I saw the footage of it, and you know they had you know a lot of cast members come out. Harrison Ford came back, which was great. I think that's his first time he's ever been to Celebration was there. Um, and they got Mark Hamill, all those guys. Um, Anthony Daniels wasn't there, but then I saw him outside with a with a shine again. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I think he should have been there. Maybe I think- he didn't like that 3PO got blown to parts in that movie. <laughs> like 40 years later, he's still like bitter about the like, You blew me up. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Return of the Jedi is his favorite of that trilogy because he gets worshipped. Oh my god! No, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's a great guy. We're just like, oh, I'm sure he's fine. I'm on, I'm on Tony Daniels' side. Believe me, I'm on his side. Yeah, uh, don't get me wrong here, but uh, it was weird him not being there. But uh, yeah, is a great from what I've seen, great panel and great way to uh, you know give a, a throwback to Empire. You know, forty years pretty big milestone and like they also had they had the writers for from a certain point of view and they even like teased some stories that would be in that next book i think one of them said that there's a tauntaun story and so like maybe the tauntaun that like 
uh, they put Luke inside of will like know that it needs to like sacrifice itself in order to keep Luke alive. <laughs> it sounds to me like that Dianoga story from the first from certain point of view book. Well, see, and I love the part and the thing where like they they tease that they were going to have like one of the original Tauntauns from the movie, like the prop, and they brought it out on stage. They wheeled it out on stage. And like everyone was like, "Ooh, ah, look what what is this?" Like they brought got like original taunt on. This is cool. And then freaking Mark Hamill bursts out of it. Like <laughs> that was that was like just the brilliant, just brilliant uh, uh, marketing there. It's like Ace Ventura when nature calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's 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 brilliant. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, there's lots of love for Empire. Like, I'm really excited to see, like, what other stories will be in that collection. Because, like, we've had, like, Bounty Hunter stories. Um, like, you know, the stories of the Bounty Hunters in that movie. I think that takes place during that. So I'm wondering if they might, like, remix it and tell, like, alternate versions that might be very different. Like, it'll be interesting. Right. That would be really cool i love what they're doing with all that and you know just the whole concept of that is great so like give us more of that do just go all out with that yeah ju- just do it with every star wars movie like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's that's just it's just perfect yeah like for rogue one i want to have the story of ponda baba and dr evazan on um jedda <laughs> <laughs> like give us something there because you know, they, they certainly spent a lot of time in the movie on it. So, like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, show why they're there and, like, how they got off the planet, like, until five minutes later when it blew up. Yeah, like, that scene was so out of place. But, like, they ran with it in, like, the Dr. Afro comics. So it's it's whatever, I guess. Yeah, and, and this is the perfect opportunity. That's what those books are really designed for is, like, fix the plot holes in these movies. Yeah, or just tell us stories of random characters we like seeing in the background. <laughs> so good you're a huge funko pop fan right yes like did you get anything good like at this particular celebration i know they had like ralph mcclory inspired stuff yeah um i I finally got my hands on the the child um from uh the mandalorian which i've been i've been dying to get for a while now um they had the macquarie stuff stocked up on all those i really love the the macquarie designs um and there were so many others there was the the, the george lucas pop yeah that that, that they released well and- there was like the 70s one and the like two, <laughs> toy first century one yeah they had like different versions they had like you know the the you know young young like 77 lucas with like you know the poofy hair and you know the all the the flannel and then if you get one with like the the beardless lucas <laughs> like <laughs> like 90s lucas and uh and then you had like the modern day like uh you know of course flannels uh, sneakers all that oh, i had to get the modern day i, I feel yeah. like you know modern lucas he's such a treasure he's such a such an eccentric guy. yeah I, <laughs> and it I, was so I perfect got the, the baron papanoida one <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, I love that one. I forgot that one. It's yeah. <laughs> so that time they made a pop of that guy. Yeah, and like there are lots of good toys at this thing. Like they they even had some that were like in the style of Star Wars detours. So like I'm wondering if that's like a hint that we could see that like release like whatever they made of it in an official capacity. 
So, like, I'm, I really hope that they do, because those clips are something else. Yeah, that's what got everyone talking when, the, when we saw that first. Like, man, you know, this really looks like detours. Like, they could be, like, because they have those episodes. They're produced. They're done. And I was really, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they'll, they'll put them on Disney Plus, and then maybe, maybe these new toys are kind of pushing it. That maybe if we buy enough of them, they'll, they'll release it finally. Yeah, like, what's what's that old criticism that people throw at Star Wars, even though it's pretty much the point? Like, oh, Star Wars is just selling toys. That's like, no duh. Like, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. You know what? Talking about George Lucas, I have to bring something up. Galaxy's Edge. Right. So, you know, we went over there. So we went over there and it was a lot of fun. Like I had already been a couple times, but, uh, you know, at that point, but uh, it was really great. They had a lot of really cool stuff and even saw some celebrities. One in particular who was not in attendance at Celebration for some reason, but he decided to show up at Galaxy's Edge, another Mr. George Lucas. So, yeah. so we, we, we kept going by, and of course the line for uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run was very long. And we kept going by there. We got in line a couple times, but we only, I think we only read it once or twice. But uh, I swear every time we got in line or went by there, George was in line. I'm not even talking, he's like the single writer's line and like by himself, no security, no melody hops and nothing. Just him. He had two cups. I'm not, I'm not telling you two cups of blue milk at all times. <laughs> he was drinking. He was guzzling them like he must have loved the stuff. And he had like blue milk all over his mustache and his beard. And he was riding it over and over again. He must have loved the ride. Um, so uh, props to George. But that's where he was the entire night. And uh, he wasn't blending in very well because uh, <laughs> everyone saw him, but uh, couldn't get to him very well because he was in line. But uh, yeah, George George is a Galaxy's Edge fan, apparently. Yeah, and there was a point where like he got so much blue milk on his face that he started to look like Baron Papanoia. <laughs> like his whole face turned blue. Yeah, <laughs> he's like turning it into his disguise. Like, come on. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, maybe he was hoping that people would think he's just a George Lucas cosplayer, but people are like, hmm, it, it looks too good, like, it's, it must be him. Like, he, like, he didn't even try, like, he was like, he had the, the, the sneakers, the white sneakers, the, the jeans, the flannel, everything. I think he thought that if he just showed up like he usually dresses, like people would think, like you're saying, like he was just a cosplayer, like he wasn't the actual George Lucas, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I think someone went up and asked him, "What's Yoda's homeworld?" And he's like, "I don't know. I'm not in charge of that anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I sold it. I broke up with him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I imagine. Like, I mean, who can blame him for like wanting to go on the the ride? Because like. I imagine that if I made a, a big franchise like this that, like, just permeated pop culture and touched the hearts of many people, I would also love to, like, be among the fans, like, writing the things that are inspired by the thing that I made, as weird as that sounds. 
Right, exactly. So, like, you know, I, I'm glad George is enjoying himself. You know, he, he always said that he, he wanted to get to a place where he, he was just a fan, and he was a big fan. <laughs> a big fan. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than seeing a wild George Lucas. <laughs> a wild George Lucas. You gotta throw a <laughs> Pokeball guy, catch him all. Just walk up to him, and hey, George! Just throw a thing. What would you throw a Pokeball at me for? Yeah. <laughs> no, what What would his Pokemon attacks even be like? I don't know, George used glare, it's super effective or something. I don't know. <laughs> a CGI illusion. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, oh my gosh. All right. So, <laughs> was there any like good food that you had at Galaxy's Edge or Celebration? I guess this would be a pseudo hashtag BBQ watch thing. Yeah. Okay. So they they did have some special food there at uh you know for for the special night at Galaxy's Edge. And it's actually barbecue related because they're, you know, they're kind of, they kind of make it to where like some of it is like, it's obvious like something that you want to eat, like looks good, but also it's really, really weird to make it seem like it's from Star Wars. So like one of these things they came up with was a, okay, now this is a pulled porg sandwich. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not sure if any, like, you know, I'm surprised that they were like, okay, we're going to go all out with this and just throw the pork under the bus finally. But uh, they got it. Obviously, it's pulled pork, pulled pork sandwich. It was pretty good too. But uh, the thought of eating those cute little porgs, um, I think, uh, I don't think they were selling a whole lot that night, but I liked it. Oh, yeah. It was delicious. And like, we saw the dude in the Chewbacca costume, like, he was eating some as well, so that was pretty funny. Some people got pictures of the pork or pulled porgs <laughs> tasted amazing. And, <laughs> like I loved it, and like we saw that the guy in the Chewbacca costume was having some as well, and some people like got pictures of him, which is really funny. <laughs> and then, like I saw, like on Instagram, Eunice Swatamo was uh, making a few cracks about it eating eating one of those sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I think uh, some people thought it was funny, other people didn't. But uh, Galaxy's Edge, I mean, just you know, going there, you know, obviously, you know, you're you're always surrounded by Star Wars fans, but going there, like with celebration attendees, like it's a whole different experience. Like you're surrounded by Star Wars super fans that are in costume because you can't you do that, but they let them do it that night. It's just an amazing, amazing experience, and uh, yeah, it's really one of my highlights. Nice, yeah. I mean, Galaxy's Edge is, like, a great experience for the fans. It allows them to feel like they're inside of the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. It's weird, because, like, Batu wasn't even featured in the movies, but it feels like a location from Star Wars, which is weird to me. Yeah, I think it's ha I think a lot of people were, like, very critical early on. Were like, oh, yeah, why didn't they just do Tatooine or whatever? But, like, I I think going forward, we're going to have some nostalgia for Batu once it establishes itself. Yes. And, like, I mean, I love going there just now and just like, oh, yeah, I remember that scene from that book that I read. And, like, I remember yeah. that scene or whatever. Like, they, they're doing some pretty good work, like, integrating the stories you know, into kind of the the Galaxy's Edge Batu thing. So I think in a few years you're going to have people really, you know, obviously from a 
like park theme park perspective, they want something that they can mold to their own thing. Whereas you know you get a Tatooine, it's just this. That's all it is. I think Batuu is something very interesting, and it still feels like something. It's very Star Wars. You go there, you see the certain elements, the way the doorways are, and you know the way people are dressed or whatever. It feels very Star Wars. I think they got down the Star Wars aesthetic well enough, and uh, they went all out for celebration. Like you know, there was really just everything was on point and really just like you had droids rolling around, which I'd never seen before. And people were really in costume, really in character. It was great. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've already like talked about how great celebration is like at concluding the other segments, but it's just, it's a celebration, you know, it's Star yeah. Wars fans celebrating what they love. Yeah, exactly. It, it is. It's just this, amazing amazing thing and you're it, it it's still not lost on me going there like wow you're just star wars everything like you're just surrounded by it and sometimes you run into people that aren't from star wars but they're still involved with star wars they're still loving star wars and you know it's such an uplifting experience how would you say this celebration compares to previous ones and how do you feel about it overall I I'm not gonna say it's my best celebration yet because, like I said, Lucasfilm screwed me. <laughs> that, that yeah, that the guy almost punching me and not going to any panels that kind of sucked. But uh, the rest of it was amazing, and I, I've gotten to the point now where like I, I can kind of do without the panels. We didn't have any big movie panels, you know. Then we had the Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff, but like you know, it really. It was not a huge panel celebration, and you know I've kind of learned to live without them. And you know it's just it's it's an amazing experience all its own. And maybe not my best celebration yet, but like so so amazing. Um, and feeling in love for everybody was was great. Minus that one guy <laughs> that, that took a swing at me. All right, he's not included in that. But the rest of you, I love you. Yeah, I mean, and that's what celebrations all about. It's about love. And love of Star Wars and love of people. This is where like the sappy music at the end of those like, sitcoms <laughs> would be like the whole moral of the day type of thing. <laughs> so good. But I firmly believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so I guess we're in agreement that like there's lots of great stuff at Celebration. Um, yeah, I don't know like what else there is to say, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I told my stories, told my big stories, and but it it was an amazing experience. C cannot replicate it. Yeah, like I would easily rate it to twenty out of twenty. That's how great it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good rating system. I yeah. Like <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks for joining me again, Ben. When, where? Blah, blah. Uh, okay, I'll I'll edit that part out. <laughs> Thanks for joining me again, Ben. Where can people find you on the internet? Well, they can find more of my ramblings at Ben Hart with no E on uh, the Facebook, the Twitter, and the and the Instagram. And then they can also uh, follow my work at IPC Podcast, at the SWU, and at Culture Slate. Yeah, IPC recently had their 300th episode, which I was also on, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, check out all of those plugs, and without further delay, on to the rest of this thing. And there you have it, Star Wars Celebration 2020, 
Yeah, lots of fun. Great celebrating Star Wars with good friends. Um, I guess it's time for my plugs. You can find me at Steven Schinder on Instagram and Twitter, Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. You can find my fantasy horror comedy novel, Lemons Will Make Rain. It's on Amazon. More info on that at stevenschinder.com. And you can also find Culture Slate, uh, where I'm writing and editing some articles. They're at Culture Slate pretty much everywhere. And if you want to email the podcast, let us know what you think of all of our coverage. You can email delayedreplaypodcast at gmail.com. Can of worms. All right, without further delay, have a good day.